26 years ago, 4th of July weekend, we, um, my family and I made the trip to Colorado from Columbia, Missouri to uh, meet with the dean at the time that was Phyllis, Dr. Phyllis Perkins. And um, we were able to sign a contract and go back home and, and sell a house and find a house and move a house by the middle of August and um, leave a congregation and move to, move to Colorado Springs. That weekend, um, they could not run the race to the peak because there was snow on Pikes Peak, July 4th weekend. So one, one of the things. Um, so I, what I want to do with us, uh, for us today is, um, is share some insights from the, uh, got the New Testament reading for the week, um, the lectionary reading for New Testament lectionary reading for this week uh, comes from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. And I just want to talk about Paul for a minute. Um, let me see. I can only see so many people at a time, so I'm going to move this a little. Um, uh, so raise your hand. Everybody knows that Paul had some challenges after he became a missionary. Yes? Right? Absolutely. Um, if you think about you think about where he was and the position he had prior to his um, his experience, his conversion experience on the road, uh, and then the subsequent way that his life uh, turned out, it, it it would give one pause to think: Now, why would he do that? Why would he make those kinds of decisions? That kind of sacrifice? Why would he uh, pursue ministry the way that it? The way that he did, and you know, he he wound up uh, wound up in the ocean one time because of his travels. He ended his life probably in a prison someplace in Rome, um, and the and the places and the stories in between that all of us uh, know about um, are um, just make make one scratch their head about what was behind his devotion to making that happen. So. And, and uh, I think all of us know enough about the Corinthian church that, um, or at least the Christians in Corinthians, uh, in, in Corinth, that um, it would also give him reason to think, now, why am I doing this again? Um, the, the, folks, the folks in Corinth, uh, the Christians in Corinth were as broken uh, an illustration of what the body of Christ shouldn't be like as as any of the churches that he wrote to um sure that if he if he had hair he probably was pulling it out sometimes when he heard the stories from from corinth and then um and then he invests in them and they don't like it uh, they're not appreciative of the things he wants to uh, tell them he has their best interest in mind but they're not so sure that that that's the case because they'd rather do what they want to do rather than what Christ is calling them to do. So, so that's the context for the, for the text for the day. And the reason why I want to, uh, and so let me, let me do the application piece up front. Uh, I see, uh, and I know all of us around and I'm going to, I'm going to scroll again to see who else is on this, on this picture. Um, when we began the process of transitioning to uh, our current configuration four years ago, uh, one of the things that we'd say, one of the things that I'd say on a regular basis is that we'll have stories to tell. 
And so for those of us who were on the initial uh, phase of it and for, and for everyone else who's come along the way, there are stories and conditions and situations that are associated with our following God's lead through the ministry of Nazarene Bible College that sometimes makes other persons scratch their head. Why, why would you do that? Um, why, why invest yourself in that way? Um, why make the adjustment to your work environment or, or, change the place, or change the place where you live? And why do you invest now uh, the way that you do in your students and in the, um, in the educational process or if and all of us share some, some piece in the advise, advising process, um, supporting students along the way. Um, uh, we all have probably, um, we have poster children students who are reasons that my hair are, is gray and some of you have less hair than you used to. Um, it's, uh, so, so I think um, to not pull the analogy too far, I think we share a common uh, experience with Paul uh, when it comes to saying that our response to God has taken us places and put us in situations uh, that we would sometimes prefer not to be in or sometimes would could not ever have imagined uh, we'd be in. And so, um, and so I want to align or connect that uh, alignment with him and us and then um, listen to how he tells the church in Corinth uh, why. Why he does this, and and I think also in addition to it being his why, uh, perhaps it can become ours too, or it can renew our yes, or it can renew our uh, determination to follow the next step that God has for us. So uh, everyone is familiar with the message. You see your hand, the paraphrased version of the scriptures that. That when you read it, it preaches more than it preaches more than some sermons do. So, um, so what I'm going to do is just uh, take us through the passage, or at least a section of the passage. Uh, if you want to look, it's Second Corinthians, it's chapter five. The reading for this week uh, begins with verse five and ends with chapter seventeen. I, I want to um, just highlight a couple of the things, but I also I also want you to hear it. I want us to hear it uh, through the lens of our own experiences and the kinds of things that we can uh, renew again uh, as a result. So, so Paul says to the to us and to the church, uh, the Christians in Corinth, the Spirit of God wets our appetite. By giving us a taste of what's ahead, he puts a little bit of heaven in our hearts so that we'll never settle for less. So that's why we live with such good cheer. You won't see us drooping our heads or dragging our feet. Cramped conditions here don't get us down. They only remind us of the spacious living conditions ahead. It's what we trust in, but don't see yet, that keeps us going. 
most of us know that, that verse this way, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? All God's people said? All God's people and said thumbs up? So let me read it again. It's what we trust, that's what we trust in, but don't see yet. And that's what keeps us going. Do you suppose a few ruts in the road or rocks in the path are going to stop us? When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. Let me just leave that one for us, let it hang for a second. When the time comes, we'll be plenty ready to exchange exile for homecoming. But neither exile or, nor homecoming is the main thing. Cheerfully pleasing God. That's the main thing. And that's what we aim to do regardless of our conditions. That's what we aim to do regardless of our conditions. Now he takes a bit of a turn and it's a, it's a little bit, um, this is really the sobering section in this passage. So, uh, but I, but I want to recognize that there's a shift here. He says, sooner or later, we'll all have to face God regardless of our conditions. We will appear before Christ and we'll take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. But that keeps us vigilant, you can be sure. It's no light thing to know that we'll all, all one day stand in that place of judgment. But that's why we work urgently with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. God alone knows how well we do this, but I hope you realize how much and deeply we care. And let me just uh, stay there again uh, just for a minute. That's why we urgently work with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. So this is not just in terms of a, an evangelistic um, viewpoint. I think this also applies to everything that we do for our students and the folks we serve through Nazarene Bible College. Because in a sense, we are helping them get ready to face God as a result of their preparation for ministry, as a deepening understanding of who they are in relationship to God and relationship to others, and to give them hope and also resources and also tools uh, to make all of that happen. That's why we urgently work with everyone we meet to get them ready to face God. And then there's this third section, I think, subsection in this passage. In, uh, in the more traditional way of translating this verse, it says, "For we, if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are our right mind, in our right mind, it is for you. Well, I think, I think, um, Peterson, in his paraphrase, gets this better. He said, if I acted crazy, I did it for God. And if I acted overly serious, 
I did it for you. And when I saw this, when I saw this passage earlier this or uh, yeah, uh, late last week, um, it reminded me of a song that has nothing to do with our faith, but has everything to do with being crazy. So some of us who are younger than us know Gnarls Barkley's song, um, Crazy. And the verse says, does that make me crazy? Does that make, does that make me crazy? Possibly. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe, maybe you're crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Probably. If I acted crazy, I did it for God. If I acted overly serious, I did it for you. And again, let's, let me make the application here. Again, I think there are some times when folks who know us and love us wonder why we do what we do. Because of where it's taken us and because what we've said yes to looks crazy to them. But in light of all that God has done for us, just like Paul, we'll do it for him. We'll do it for God. Verse 14, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. So if there's a, if there's a hook here, if there's an application verse that we, can, that we can take out of this passage and make this more like uh, more true to us, it's this verse. God's Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. May it be so. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a life far better than people ever lived on their own. So uh, I, I hope I hope his words um, and his testimony to the to the Church of Corinth have been uh, an encouragement and a challenge and a resource uh, for all of us today. And may it be that if we act crazy, we do it for God. And may it be that His love has the first and last word in everything we do. Amen. Thumbs up. Okay.